Hey everyone. It is so good to be back with you again. I appreciate Pastor Steve and Sean inviting me to come back uh, this summer. I had such much, so much fun with the youth down in Panama City Beach, and uh, we, it's just cool. I love being here. This is home for me. And thank you for letting me be your missionary to New England. And, uh, you know, outside of the state of Vermont, there is no church in America that supports our work more than you do. And uh, we, we couldn't do it without you, honestly. Yeah, give yourself a, an applause. We are so thankful for what you do for us. And um, we have seen God do, you know, a, a little over a year ago, I was here and I was talking about the dream of this, but we hadn't started. A year later... We are now considered maybe the largest Christian gathering of young people in the state of Vermont. And uh, praise God, you know, and it's amazing when they said it's past Christianity or past, you know, anything good happening. They haven't read the good news, right? We're on this planet for a reason, and uh, I'm excited about that. And uh, so anyways, thank you for giving. Thank you for being part of our journey in New England. I love you, and... uh, I'm so encouraged by you. Thank you for all of you that are watching online around the world tonight. And uh, my family is sitting in the living room watching. So go ahead and say hi to my family tonight up in Vermont. It's good to have them with me. I feel much better already. Well, you know, have you ever really thought about what motivates you to be a real Christian? What motivates you? Why, Why do you even do it? You know, like, why be a Christian? Why show up? On Wednesday night, why, you know, why invite your friends to Easter? Why should we be Christians? Why do we get involved in serve team? Why do we get involved in other things? Well, I don't know. As soon as Pastor Steve said Chick-fil-A, I'd be like, I'll be in serve team. <laughs> Did you know the state of Vermont does not have one Chick-fil-A? <laughs> All you guys are like, what's happening? It's hell, right? It's like, you're like, it can't even be, God's not even there, you know? We were the last state this, this year, we, they finally opened a Target. You know, some of you ladies are like, what? That's impossible. No Target? No Chick-fil-A? Where, where do you live? I know we have to take a ferry across the lake to upstate New York to have Chick-fil-A. And we do it, so it's like we pay, you know, $100 for Chick-fil-A. <laughs> it's still good, though. <laughs> it's still good. We're always happy. We're no regrets, you know. But I'll tell you something, what motivates us? I think about this a lot because I I don't want to just be like average. I don't want to be ordinary. You know, I've said this before, but God brings me here. I want to be part of this work to ruin you for normal. You know, normal stinks. Who wants to be a normal Christian? You ever like try that, invite them to Easter? It's like, uh, you, you probably won't like it. You know, it's really boring, and if you, you know, you'll end up like me, also boring. (laughs) Well, no one's coming. We should live in such a way that people are going, where are you going? You know, what are you on? You ever had that happen? I do. People ask me where I get my drugs. I love it. It's great. You know, dude, what are you on? Jesus. Oh, no. Yeah. I jump on it, you know. I listen all the time. Somebody, you know, in, in, is cursing, and I hear them. They say, Jesus Christ. I was like, you know him? I know him, too. Are you praying right now? You know, not us. We're like, oh, that offends me. I don't want to. I mean, when someone takes the Lord's name in vain, I get offended. I get activated. 
At the name of Jesus, demons flee. That guy may not know it, but I'm going to join in. Why are we always playing defense? It's the greatest journey ever to live for Jesus Christ. Some of you already began to raise your hand and say, I'm desperate tonight. Let me tell you something. you got to be more than desperate on a Wednesday night. You know, be desperate tomorrow morning. Because he'll be right there. He never sleeps, never slumbers. He loves you with the croutons in your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, it's all right. You're like, oh, God, don't come in the shower. He's like, I love you. He may be the only one in your life that will tell you that then. <laughs> but he does. He loves you. So why do we serve? Some people serve. I just love Jesus. That's awesome. Others, they serve out of guilt. I'll feel so bad if I don't do it. Or bribe. I wonder what we get. Chick-fil-A. Well, that's good enough. You know, there's the reward. Sometimes it's compassion. Other times we become Christians for attention. We're lonely and we want to be around people. And that's okay. Sometimes it's like I want people to perceive me as being spiritual. You know, and we're, we're good. Some, it's weird because, you know, down south, like I'm up in the post-Christian. So no one talks like a Christian there. Down here, they talk like Christians. Somebody told me recently, they said, you know, hey, I'm looking forward to seeing you again. Should the Lord tarry? And I was like, who's the Lord tarry? <laughs> tarry. Lord tarry. Who is it? And they're like, oh, brother, you don't understand, you know. <laughs> we, I don't speak Christianese. <laughs> I, I, but, you know, you're here in the belt, and you can, and you can pull that off. But I'm telling you something. I, I don't want to follow Jesus just because it's in or just because I'm afraid of going to hell or just because I don't have anything better to do. I want to follow Jesus because he is awesome. He redeemed me. He set me free. My life was headed in the wrong direction. And he saved me. You know, I, I don't like being the motivational speaker. Living in a van down by the river. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to have to pump you up to make you love Jesus. But I get pumped up to love Jesus. And you can join me in that party anytime. And, and I think, you know, people perceive and I see how they portray us on TV and how they portray Christians and, and shows and whatever and it's always looks so boring. We're always apologizing. Hey man, you want to come to the party on Friday night? I can't. I'm a Christian. You know, rather than going, why don't you come to the party with me on Wednesday night? Woo! I'll remember what happens with me and God in the morning. Let me tell you something about boredom. If Christianity is boring, it's because you're boring. And we got we to gotta up the profile a little bit, you know? Stop acting like it's all the things we can't do and start living what you can do. What can you do? I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. I can be that channel from heaven and see miracles happen and see the lost come to know Jesus, see the blind see again, see the people set free of bondage and addiction. I can see that. I can experience that. In my life, I've seen God raise the dead. Man, what can't God do? 
It's so awesome. And when it comes to spiritual things like your devotions or your time with Jesus or reading your Bible or praying or listening to God or journaling, it should never be boring. It should never just be routine. Sometimes I think we get in the mindset as Christian believers, I just need to stay ahead. I I just need to kind of stay on point. But you know, that reminds me of that little story, and it's like the title of this message, The Tortoise and the Hare. You know that story? Do we have that picture of the tortoise and the hare? Like, we have it someplace back there. Your team is so good here. <laughs> but when I think about that, that's how I think. You know, like, we, we're as Christians. We accept Jesus, and pew, we're gone, man. I love Jesus. I'm there all the time. I'm there early. I'm down front raising my hands. I love it. I'm going crazy. I'm at this life group, and I'm serving at this service, and I'm running all over the place. Woo! I love Jesus. And then the mature somebody comes along and goes, I used to be like that too. I can't stand you. Oh, I used to have that zeal when I was young. Well, I'm old and I still have it. <laughs> you know, like we, we, somebody comes along and they tell us, hey, it's okay. Relax, dude. Don't get so hyper. Go back to Vermont. (laughs) And we get like this rabbit. You know? We at some point think, look at me. Look at me. I am way ahead. We start being able to memorize people who are worse than us. Pastor Steve preaches, and we're like, you know who needed to hear that message? Oh, I wish they had been here. We don't have to apply it anymore. We've advanced. But the sinners need to hear that message. You know, that person that's really messed up, they should hear that message. But now we got a list. Now we've got, we know people who are really slow. We're like, I'm so far ahead. I've heard Christians rationalize some of the craziest stuff. Like, when I was a brand new Christian, I couldn't watch rated R movies. But now I can handle it. I'm I'm not positive, but I'm sure there's a snake handling service someplace around here. Are we insane? Oh, you know, what's next? You know, when I was a teenager, porn messed me up. But now I can watch it on the internet all day long. You say, well, that sounds ridiculous, does it? How many jacked up marriages because of porn from somebody who was saved as a young person that started rationalizing a little sin here and a little sin there and a little bit because we always got some turtle that's way behind us that really needs to hear the message. We always got some drug addict that really needs the message. We already got somebody who's really messed up. They really need to hear it and they're way back there. And so we get out in front. We think, I got time. I can relax for a while. I can get back in the race anytime I want. I'm just going to take a little time off. That horrible phrase we use, Pastor Steve, I just, I need a little me time. 
right now. Just need a little me time, and then I'm going to get back involved. Me time? That's carnal. You got to call it me time. <laughs> and carnal Christians are words that don't go together. You know, I just need a little me. I need to take some time for myself. And I'm not here to tell you it's about church attendance or how, much, how many teams you're on. I'm not telling you that. You ought to care for your marriage and your family and you take care of things and have order in your home and serve God in all of those areas. And you shouldn't overcommit to God if you're not even overcommitted to your family and to your faith. But I am telling you this, that when we begin to rationalize, slowing down, because we can find somebody slower, we can find somebody that's behind us, rather than thinking, I was created to win. I was created to run. I was created to do something great. That's what God wants for you. And we forget that we're trying to win a race. We are trying to win a race. We're trying to win the race that Jesus has already won. You know, maybe some of you are new to the faith and you never read the whole Bible. Plug your ears if you don't want to hear this. But I read the end. We win. We win. Right? So we should act like winners now. And we should run every race to win. We should go out of the blocks fast and we should run the pace that God has set before us. It's not necessarily hyper. It's not necessarily like I, I, I'm being very animated tonight, but I am talking about having a passion for God, a passion for the Lord. Because otherwise, what we let creep in is comparison and pride. And when you let comparison and pride in, you can always find someone who's a worse sinner. You can always find someone who's slow at understanding, someone less qualified to lead. You can always find someone that's a loser, not like us. We're good at it. We know who hears it. We know who needs it. And we begin to forget. And something happens. And we start getting beat up because we were meant to run. And we start thinking, I'd get back in, but then we don't. And the cares of life get in. And other distractions get in because you shouldn't have even been seeing those distractions. But you slowed it down and you began to look around. And you find yourself beaten. And you find yourself jaded. And you find yourself confused. And maybe even feel forgotten. And you then begin to think, who needs that church? Where were they? Why weren't they there for me? Jesus has never left you nor forsaken you. Sure, this church, every church will fail you. Because it's filled with hypocrites. That's why you fit in. We all mess up. But we are on a path together. And the church won't make you a Christian any more than sleeping in a garage makes you a car. But it will give you guidance and accountability and people who are running a race. And that's what we need. You see, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will, that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. 
So I run with purpose in every step. Every step. And the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. He has a plan for every step of your life. He doesn't have like Sunday steps or Wednesday steps and then just to do any step in you want. He's got every step of your life planned out. And every step is meant to be awesome. You're like, even when I'm sick, yes, because he's there when you're sick. When you're desperate, when you're hurting, when you feel alone, he's there. And we need it so desperately. See, I think sometimes we treat faith like cruise control. Cruise control is dangerous. And you're like, you're crazy, Chili. Without cruise control, I get pulled over. Okay, I get it. So that means you always set the cruise control at the speed limit then. Oh, no, we try to figure out what is the grace limit of the state patrolman. I think he's about a seven miles an hour grace limit. So is it 65? I think 72 is a nice little setting right there. But that guy flew by going 80, so I'm going to go 75. But I believe that angels abide by the speed limit. So the problem is you're getting a wreck down there. Those angels are back there at 65. God, come to me. I'm going to die. He's like, they're, they're, your angels assigned to you. They're coming, but they, they go speed limit. So, like, that's just it. Like, we want God to show up even when we're out of line, even when we're doing things above, even when we're doing things on our own, when we're walking in the flesh. God, be here now, right now. Get here now, God. And so he goes, okay, I'm here. I'll never leave nor forsake. And you're like, can you just wait in the lobby while I go watch this movie? Here, somebody get Jesus some popcorn. (laughs) You wouldn't like this movie. (laughs) You you, you, just, you know. I know how you feel about violence. (laughs) You see, we have to lose our boring routine. Now, some of you think like, no, I believe in the routine. We need a routine with God. I need like, and some of you have a routine. You're like, every morning I get up, you know, the the coffee starts right ahead of you. That coffee is like prophetic. It's like calling you. Just, (laughs) you're like, yes, I'm coming. The aroma of God coming, you know, and, and, and you get in there and you've got your thing and you've got your reading plan and, and, and you've got your place where you sit. All of that's okay. In fact, that's good that you spend time with God every day. But even that can get routine and ordinary and boring. It really can. You see, how can I explain this? Uh, okay, I got it. I like Thai food. Anybody like Thai food? Do you have any here? That's like the one restaurant I think we've never been here. All right, so I'm just going to pray right now that God would just send Thai food here. All right, I like Thai food. It's like Chinese on steroids. You know, it's like spicy. I like spicy, right? And uh, my wife and I, we have like a standing Thursday lunch date. And uh, we always go for Thai. And, uh, you know, and I have to tell you this. I, I love it. It's such good food, and we like it, and it's hot, and it's good. But if my wife is out of town or she has something else to do, I don't go. I don't just go and sit in the Thai restaurant and just kind of, hey, Thursday's my deal. I'm getting up. I'm preaching tonight. I'm going to give everything I have. I'm getting up at a quarter to four to drive to Huntsville to catch a flight home because tomorrow's Thursday. And I have lunch with my wife and she's picking me up at the airport. But I'll tell you why. It's not the spicy Thai food. It's the spicy wife. 
Yes, that's right. Because I've been to other, you know, I've lived in other places, and we always find a tie spice, but it's not always the same tie spice, but it's always the same spicy wife. In June, me and my spicy wife are celebrating 30 years of marriage together, and I, I love her. And I, I want to say that because we don't come to church just because it's got spicy lights and cool worship and a great pastor and all of the things that Faith Church does well. They do so many things well. But it's Jesus that's the spicy one. He's the one that should get us. And if we're not careful, we just get into cruise control. We get a little bit ahead. And we're like, oh, I did my reading plan. I did my Bible thing. I'm a good person. And we forget it's about Jesus, not the reading plan. I want to meet with Jesus every morning. I read until something happens rather than I got to read it because somebody will know that I didn't keep up with my reading plan. I love it when God goes, stop right there. Read that again, Shelly. Read that again. Read it again. Ooh, that's for you right now. No, God, I think it's for a turtle. <laughs> Not me, Lord. <laughs> you know who really needs that? God? Now it's just me and God. I have to deal with that. Oh, man. I never want it to get boring. You know, my relationship with my wife, we, we, we could change and we could go different places. It's her. It's you, Netta. That's who it is. And it's Jesus. It's not Faith Church. It's not the youth group, even though it's awesome. We had camp. We do all that. But you got to know, young person, that Jesus goes to school with you. He walks those halls ahead of you. He knows who you're going to sit with at lunch. He knows all of you that are in the workplace. He knows that he loves them. And we can't lose sight of it just thinking, I have a regular church attendance, and I read my Bible every day, and I do all that. That's all great. But never lose sight that it's Jesus, not our routine, not what we do or what we don't do. That we can tell everyone, being a Christian, you don't do this anymore and you do this now. No, no. Being a Christian is falling head over heels in love with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and letting him into our heart because we love him. And then he begins to explode through us. We're not just spirit-filled, we're spirit-spilled. We get Jesus on people just from being around us. That's why they think we're on drugs. Because on Monday morning, we're all peppy and smiley. Because we've been with Jesus. See, we got to be that way. Look what it says in Galatians 5. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what our sinful nature desires. And these two forces are constantly fighting with each other. So you are not free to carry out your own good intentions. You need the Holy Spirit. And you get him. He's in us to make us come alive. You see, our motivation has to be winning. Why do we want 5,000 on Easter Sunday? Well, so that we can add another stat and say it's the biggest Easter we've ever had. No. We want 5,000 because we want 5,000 people to know Jesus Christ in this community, right? And I'll tell you something. I, I talked about this with our staff here, but Easter Monday is where it really gets exciting. 
right? They go out of here and they partnered up. You've brought them with you. You're, in, you're encouraging people. You're calling people Sunday night, and you're going, hey, he's just as real on Easter Monday as he was on Easter Sunday. You know, it is not the lights, and it's not the great preaching, and the customer service, and the latte, and the cool shirt, and the free gift. It's the free gift of Jesus Christ that comes into a heart that was lost and makes us saved. Oh, man. We got to be about winning, not just running, not just competing, not just serving. I love being with Pastor Steve because he's a visionary. It'd be easy for him to go, hey, look at where we've gone four years in a row. We've been one of the quickest growing or fastest growing churches in America. We're bigger than most churches in this whole region. No, the devil still has the biggest church in this region, and that's the one he's after. He doesn't compare with the Baptist church, the Presbyterian church, the non-denom church, the Assembly of God church. We know that the enemy is here, and he wants to rip us off, and he wants to rob and steal. But Jesus Christ came that you could have liberty and set us free, and that's who we're after. We want to see people free. We want to run like a rabbit. Not what why did he go? Which way did it go? Which way did it go? Oh, my goodness. Those kind of Christians, man. Whew. <laughs> There's a lot of Christians like that. They just need an enema. <laughs> You're starting to go, what? oh, <laughs> gross, right? Yeah. And there's a few, they look like, like, that offends me. That's because you can be offended. Don't be easily offended. Let the word of God penetrate your heart. You know, don't be that kind of way. I'll tell Pastor Steve, I don't appreciate that. Then find something that you do appreciate and focus on that. Focus on that. Get something from God tonight. See, we can always find the turtle that's way behind us. But that doesn't mean we're moving in the right direction. That doesn't mean we're on our path to winning. That doesn't mean we're pleasing the Lord just because we can find someone behind us. And when things start getting tougher, keep running. Keep growing. Keep going. Keep pressing on towards the mark of his high calling. Get your eyes fixed on that and stop focusing on everyone else. And you can begin to enjoy life like you never have before. You know, it's hard to live for God. But he doesn't leave you hanging. He gives you the Holy Spirit. Your Holy Spirit is your strength coach. Right? He, that's who it is. You get that strength coach. You get that person that's not going to let you off the hook. You know, you get that personal trainer. Any of you ever had one of those? They don't, they don't care about your excuses. Well, I had a hard weekend. and I, You're going to work. Don't give me excuses. The Holy Spirit loves you so much, and he knows how you can really be. So he just goes, let's press on. Let's go harder. Let's, let's see what you can accomplish with me on your team. That's what he does. Look what it says here in James 1. When troubles come your way, not if, not if, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Woo! 
Right? You get excited? Monday, for me, in Vermont, I woke up on April Fool's Day, and I was the fool. Snowed again. I put on snow boots on Monday, this Monday. That was six months in a row that I'd begun a month with snow on the ground. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it's all, there's not, not if, but when trouble comes, when difficulties come, when the trials come, they come. Because the Bible says rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous alike. It's how we handle the rain that sets us apart. It's how you deal with it when your family goes through hardship and people look at you. Young people, you know, your parents separate or you're going through divorce and you've had those problems just like other kids in the school, but you have Jesus in your life and you find the solution. You find hope even in those broken times when it's not your fault and you don't understand why it's happening, but Jesus is there and the Holy Spirit is in you to give you a perspective when trials come your way that you can have joy for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Whew, what a verse. Can you imagine needing nothing? Can you imagine going to prayer and just like, I can't think of anything I need, Lord. You're so everything that I know you got everything handled. So what do you need from me? What do you need from me, God? I love that. I get up in the morning and say, God, what are you doing today? Can I be part of it? Where are we going today? Can I join you in it? Can I be part of what's happening? Man, that's awesome. You see, refuse to become complacent or normal. Refuse it. Continually kill that routine. You say, but I have my time with God. That's okay. But if you normally sit or normally kneel, try walking. If you normally do it in quiet, add some music. If you always have to have worship music, turn it off. Mix it up from time to time. Do different things. Find things because keep it interesting just like in any other relationship we have. Keep it moving. Keep it interesting. Keep it awesome. When it gets hard, endure and grow some more. Stay focused. Keep moving forward. If you fail, fail forward. And get up. Find that rocky Balboa. And just climb up. And the enemy just goes, there he goes again. Climbing up again. I got to hit you again. And again and again and again. I'm not quitting until I stand face to face with my Savior. Never. I'm never quitting because he has never quit on me. In my worst, in my best, he was always better. He's always the greatest. So I just keep asking questions. I keep asking God questions. Some questions I'm asking, God, am I in it to win it or am I in it just to stay ahead of somebody? That's one of the questions I ask God every day. God, am I in it to win it or am I just in it? To be better than that person or to stay ahead of that person. You know, I ask God, God, has pride blinded me into inactivity, justification, pointing fingers? I ask God, am I in the right race? 
Am I running some race out of my own, doing my own thing, or is this the race assigned by you? See, I want the one God chose, not the one I think is best. So I ask, what am I doing today to grow and become stronger? Ask yourself that every day. What am I doing today to become stronger? What am I doing today to get better? It's amazing the discipline we'll have with a diet, with fitness, with finances, and not Jesus. We want to be rich. We want to be thin. We want to look good. But do you want to last forever? See, the only thing we can take to heaven is not our possessions. You know, it's not our new body. We can take people. We can bring people with us. I love how you said that. Don't just invite them, bring them. Because we can bring people to heaven. We can bring people. I love one of the most underrated disciples in the Bible is Andrew. Andrew's the guy, the disciple. The only thing, if you really study the Gospels, he's the guy always bringing somebody to Jesus. Even when no one had a solution to feed 20,000, Andrew goes, well, here's a little boy with a lunch. He's always bringing somebody. Because he knew that God is a God that can do the impossible. He just has to keep bringing people to the God. And then instead of going, why bother him? That's a stupid solution. You may not be able to fix your friends, but God is the answer. Just bring them, bring them, bring them. My strength coach is so good at articulating specific things that need to be done or improved. The Holy Spirit's so good at going, Chili, right now, this is it. Right now, here's what I want. And I have to choose every day to listen and obey them. I get a choice. I do have a choice. I can just go, you know, that's good, God. Good idea. You're always full of good ideas. You know, we could just talk that way or we could actually obey. (laughs) Right? We can go, I praise you, God. That's awesome. You're worthy. But Jesus said, imitate me, and we choose to worship him instead. Because it's easy, like, oh, I love you. I worship you. And he goes, okay, now go into all the world and make disciples. I love you. I worship you. Lord, just bless Chile and Vermont. There you go. Send somebody. And God's going, that's your race. Race across your yard with fresh baked cookies for your neighbor. Invite them with cookies. Come on, who can resist good cookies? Rather than just your, you know, faith card, you know, I'd like to invite you to our Easter Sunday services. Would you come with me? It'd be like, here's 12 cookies and there's 12 more if you come with me. In fact, we'll do lunch on Easter. We'll do the whole deal. Ham, everything. See, Ecclesiastes 7.8 says, finishing is better than starting. Jesus died and he rose. He conquered And we are more than conquerors in him. We shouldn't need someone else to kick us in the butt all the time. All others shouldn't have to figure out how we work. Right? That's how it is. Like, well, you don't understand. I don't like to be talked to like that. Get over yourself. Take it any way you can get it. Let the Holy Spirit just talk to you the way that he designed you. You know? And get back in the race. Be expendable. Be available. 
Be that kid that's like standing on the sideline of the kickball and the two captains step out and you're like, pick me, pick me. Many are called, who wants to play kickball? Few are chosen because they don't make themselves choosable. You know, God's going, I need all of you. You should go, then pick me, pick me. Not, not then pick me. I'll run. Don't pick that turtle. No, don't even think that way. Let me close with this. Worship team, you can come. One day I want to honestly and confidently repeat Paul's words. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. But today may not be that day. So keep pushing, keep running, keep finding joy in the journey, in every step. Every step that you take today is a step farther than you took yesterday. It's like someone training to run. You can go, well, I'm not running a marathon yet, but you're running more than you did yesterday. You know, you're growing in your faith, and it's not a comparison to some marathon runner or a comparison to somebody that's known Jesus or all that. It's your race. And find joy every day that you took another step, and you made it another day serving God. Because people are watching you. They're watching your journey. You know, they're waiting to see if you fall away, if you keep going. And listen, if you complete and win a race, Please don't stand around taking selfies and looking for a trophy. Just tighten up those laces of faith and start looking for your next adventure. Start looking for the next race, right? Don't start going, nah, 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 where's the turtle? Nah, just start looking for your next race. Get after it. And for those of you thinking, I know somebody who really needs to hear this. <laughs> Man, don't be that person. This message is to you. Jesus said, go into all the world. What part of go don't you get? You understand go from the time you're little, right? Time to go. Right? You tell our dog, duck, go. No, go. Teach your kids. No, don't go. Go. We learn go early on. Then we sit here like with a blank stare. What does Jesus mean, go? He means don't just stand there. <laughs> Isn't that what it means? You know, if you're sitting at a light, the person behind you will help you know what go is, right? You just sit there and the light turns green. And you're like, mm, I wonder what green even means. I, I'm just like, that's cool. You know, people are like, <laughs> right? I feel like that's what we got to start. I'm, I'm here tonight to just go. It's green. Faith Church, it's green. The light's green. Don't sit there and justify it's like you're on cruise control and like you're reaching in the back and touching things and you're adjusting your makeup. You know, all the things we do in cruise control that we should not do, you know, searching our radios. Like, you ever get someplace and you go, I don't even remember if, I, if the lights were red? <laughs> yeah, right? You do. Like, you're like going, oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. How did I even get here? <laughs> Please, like, I don't want to get to heaven that way. It's like, what happened for the last 80 years? I, how did I even get here? No way. No one deserves or desires to be your turtle. So stop looking for turtles. 
and just be the rabbit and win. Win. I have to tell you, I, I shared this recently. And uh, an older lady was very irritated with me at the end of the message. She came up to me and she said, you know, you really missed it in that message. You never said anything good about the turtle. And there's some of us that maybe we're not the fastest, but we have stayed the course and we have made it to the end and we have finished the race and you're not even. And I said, wait a second, lady. First of all, you're not finished with the race. Maybe you are. No, you're not. And I thought, let me tell you something about turtles. When I think of a turtle, I think of a loner who's old and crusty. You know, I've been to the zoo. They're like, that one there is 120 years old. I was like, that is sad. You know, and they already, they're always wet under the eyes. You ever notice that? They're like, the turtle's like, eat me, have soup, do something with me. And I think sometimes we're like, well, there's something about perseverance and something about being steadfast. When I think of a turtle, I think of old, crusty, whatever. When I think about rabbit, I think about multiplication. <laughs> you see, the turtle wouldn't even be in this story if the rabbit had just done what the rabbit's supposed to do. Don't try to find a different character in this story and then make yourself that and go, slow and steady wins the race, Chili. That's what Aesop meant. I don't care what Aesop meant. This is Chili's story now. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying to you, don't you dare justify being a turtle. You were meant to multiply. You were meant to go and make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And if we as rabbits would just do what we were supposed to do, nobody would even know there had ever been a turtle in the race. We're like going to, you know, put them on a wall. Here's our beloved so-and-so who persevered. Some of you like starting to really get irritated, aren't you? You're like, listen, run the race to win and do it with other people. Do it with other people. Don't get proud. Don't just start talking about your righteousness because our righteousness is like filthy rags. Our righteousness is nothing we can brag about. It's faithfulness that God wants to see in your life. It's wants to see people who ran, even if you fall, keep running. Rather than going, I'm not going to do anything unless I know for certain that it's going. Nah. Try telling somebody about Jesus. If you fail, try telling them again. Don't be a quitter. Don't just become a turtle. So whether you feel like you're in the lead or whether you're way behind, keep going. Keep going. Because the adventure that God has called you to live is found beyond normal, past routine, and on the other side of mediocrity. So move. So move.